How is everyone doing this morning? Good. Good. It's a great day. All right, I need everybody to do something with me real quick, all right? Everybody take a deep breath in. Breathe out. Take a deep breath in. Breathe out. Two things. Number one, congratulations, you're still alive. <laughs> Number two, we are starting a new series today called Breathe. And the whole concept of this series is that we need to breathe in. We need to take in truth from God. We need to, we need to take in things from him. And just as we take them in, as we inhale, there should be an exhale of our life. That as we take in this from God, there should be things in our life that we breathe out into the world, that are impacting the world, that, that are touching the people's lives around us. It's an inhale, exhale way to go. It's this taking in and letting out. And we actually see this uh, even in the creation time in Genesis 2-7. It says this, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. We see this creator God who creates humanity and breathes life into humanity, gives us life. But then in Ecclesiastes 12, 7, and the dust returns to the ground it came from. And the spirit returns to the God who gave it. As a Christ follower, just as God gives me life, at the end of my earthly life, we return to him. That, that last breath goes to him. And we see this exchange of giving and taking. And we thought it would be a great idea after um, Easter, after we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. How great was Easter last week, guys? I mean, come on. I mean, so many people came forward, and you know, it's just, it's just so great um, just to remember that God is awesome, you know? <laughs> like, we just can't pass over that. Like, what happened to people's lives last week? Eternities changed. Just so cool. But as we get to the, uh, after Easter, well, what do we talk about? So what are we going to talk about? We want to breathe in some very specific things from God over the next couple weeks. Focus on some very specific attributes of God, what he's teaching us through it, how we should live from it. And today's topic is we're going to talk on the topic of love. Love. Now, I, all the guys in here, don't worry, okay? I know all of you were just like, uh-oh, here we go. You know, no, no, we're talking not about romantic love. We're talking about a heavenly, perfect, godly love. That's what we're talking about. And this receiving and exhaling. So the first thing about love is we need to receive, to inhale the love of God. That God loves you. Maybe somebody, that's the only thing you needed to hear today, is this truth, that God loves you. God loves you. God, God loves you more than you disqualify yourself. God loves you more than even, how, even for somebody in here, how much you hate yourself. Like, God loves you more than your mistakes. God loves you more than your past, no matter how big it is. God loves you. Breathe that truth in. It, it's important for us to breathe this truth in. In 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10, it says this. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is talking about agape love. This love from God that is perfect, it's not earned, it's not merit-based, it doesn't matter how good of a person you are, how much work you do, God's love for you is not earned, it is given. He gives us that love by sending his son. And even speaking of Easter, over the Easter season, we, we celebrate the, the, the resurrection of Jesus. And we go through Good Friday and the death on the cross. And sometimes I think we can forget about the father in this story. That the father loved you and me so much that he gave his son. His son was not taken from him. He gave his son. And I know if there's some parents in here, I know there's times you feel like you want to give your kids away, but I'm not talking about just for a little bit. I'm talking about he gave his son. That's how much God loves you. You were worth God's son to God. That's a powerful statement. That's how much he really loves you. Um, and so as we breathe this love in, as we breathe in this love of God, if we really believe it, then what needs to happen? We need to breathe out. Our life needs to breathe out in response to this. So the first thing that we need to breathe out is we need to breathe out a love for God. As we receive his love, as we receive this unconditional agape love, our love for him should be a response. Deuteronomy 6.5 says this, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart. What does that mean? What does it mean for all of your heart? What that means is there's nothing above him in your life. That he holds the top spot in your life. As he pours out his love to you, does your heart reflect that? It, does, does, does your heart reflect that he is the number one thing in your life? Now I know that there's times in my life even where I have to do an inventory of my heart, where things will take a place where they shouldn't be. And I have to remind myself that I am called to respond in love with all of my heart, meaning that he owns everything. What about with all of my soul? What does that mean? What that means is, is that you desire God. Your soul desires God. Ask yourself this question. Does your soul cry out for God? Does it cry out for relationship? Do you desire to be with him? Does, does your soul earn to be in his presence? That's what it's saying. As we breathe in this love, as we take in the love of God, our response should just be our souls crying out to God. And then with all of your strength, what does that mean for us? That means every moment. Every moment, all of your strength, even in the hard times of life, we should never stop loving God. We should never stop loving and singing his praises, even in the great times. Strength meaning that with everything we have, our heart should desire to love him. And what comes from that love, that response of breathing it out, is what we call spiritual disciplines. This response, we should start to develop spiritual disciplines in our life. The first one of this being simple prayer. What I put in here with prayer is, I can't wait to talk to him. Like that's how my heart should be. Not a last resort. I mean, I, sometimes we save prayer until it's the last 
resort. Like last thing, I, only, all, I, hear, I hear people say this all the time. The only thing I have left to do is pray. You know, if we're waiting until the last, why don't we start with it? Like our response should be prayer in this spiritual discipline. As God's love is poured into us, our response should be communication with him. Amen? Amen. The second thing, spiritual discipline, is time in the word of God. Reading our Bible. And what this means is I can't wait to learn about him. I can't wait to see his heart for humanity. I can't wait to open up this book and for it to teach me something new about myself or how he loves me. I was talking to a friend last night and we were just having this like spontaneous conversation and we got on a topic about the Bible and I just like blurted out. I said, I love the Bible. It has changed my life. The Bible, this, this amazing book, the words in it that God inspired and gave to us has impacted my life in a powerful, powerful way. If you don't have this spiritual discipline, I'm telling you, you're missing out in so much life. The next thing as a spiritual discipline we should do is we should practice next steps. Our life should be about taking steps towards Jesus, next steps in our life. As we've confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've received that love from God, we've made that true in our life, then we should be taking steps towards him. For some of us, it's maybe reading scripture and starting to pray. For some of us, a, a reasonable next step would be baptism. Next week, we're baptizing, we're, we're having a baptism service. And that is a moment where you get to publicly confess what Christ has done in you. What a great act of love to show to God. God, I love you so much, I'm gonna publicly confess your greatness and what you mean to me. If you're ready to take that next step, I say do it. You won't regret it. And everybody who's been baptized said amen, all right, amen. And then with these spiritual disciplines, after that, another love should develop in our life as a breathe out. We should start to have a love for the lost. We should have a love for the lost. Matthew 18, 12, 13 says this. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out and search for the one that was lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than the other 99 that didn't wander away. What we see here is Christ's love for the one lost person. And as we receive this love from God, it should start to change in us. We should have a heart for people who are lost and wandering. We should have a heart of introducing people to Jesus. That should be in us. We should be breathing that out into the world. And I'll say this, you can see where your relationship is with Jesus by how you treat people who are lost. You can see people where they are with Jesus by how they treat people who are lost and wandering. There's just a couple things we need to stay away from if we wanna have a heart of love for people who are lost. The things we wanna stay from is, in life, we don't wanna to get too busy. You, can't, you don't wanna to get too busy. Anybody busy? I, I feel you, I feel you. One hand up there, just like, yes, me. Uh, like, we don't wanna to get too busy where our life has so much busyness, even good things, that when we have an opportunity to love on that lost person, that God has put in front of us at that time that we're too busy to do it. We gotta get to the next meeting. We gotta get to this next activity, this next sporting event. We're running, we're running. We're, our culture is so busy and we're so distracted. 
Sometimes that busyness can pull us away from sharing the gospel with somebody who's lost. I mean, I'll confess to you, I've had times where God has put in my life someone standing right there who needed to hear the gospel, but I had a meeting I had to get to to talk about reaching people for the gospel. I mean, I I look back at those moments now and I'm like, how much more valuable would my time have been sharing that message with that person instead of just getting to that meeting? Like eternity's on the line for that person. We need to have a heart for the lost. We can't get too busy. The second thing we can't do is we don't want to get too stressed. Anybody stressed? More hands went up that time. Yeah, stressed. We're stressed people, man. Like we have so much stress in life. And we don't want to let this stress get us to the point where we're missing out on people. I, I don't know if, if it's just me, but there's times in my life where I'm so stressed, it's like God puts that person in front of me and I'm like, I can't do it. I have too much going on. I'm too busy. But we have to remember that we serve a God who supports us who can get us through it. That when we are stressed, we can lean into him. So even in a season of stress, we can lean into our heavenly father and he can hold us up, amen? So we don't wanna get too stressed to miss those moments. And then this one, we don't wanna get too angry. We don't wanna get too angry. We live in a really divided world. Anybody know that? We can't agree on anything. And we get mad at the other side. We can't agree on, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A or Cane's. We can't even agree on that. I mean, it's Cane. I mean, it's Chick-fil-A, by the way. It's, it's Lord's Chicken. I almost messed it up, you know. I almost had a revolt of people here. No, Chick-fil-A. I, I love Cane's too. It's okay. We can't agree on chicken. We can't agree on sports teams. You know, it's like you tell somebody your sport team and they're like, I hate you. You know, like, I'm, they're so passionate about their sports team. I wish sometimes I'm talking to people about sports, I'm like, if you only got this passionate about Jesus, you could change the world. You could. If you would yell as loud as that about Jesus as you did for this team, you could make an impact in the world. How about this one, politics? I mean, come on, we, we get so angry about politics that we will stop, we'll get blinded to that as a son and daughter of God. They might think differently than us, but God loves them the same, amen? We don't wanna get so angry that we turn blinders to reaching that lost person with so much love, not judgment, not I'm right, you're wrong. Can you imagine if we were judged by that same standard? What if Jesus came down and he said, You know, only the ones that deserve it are gonna get my salvation. Only the ones who don't mess up. No, Jesus' love for us was unconditional. Now, as Christ followers, we're called to live the same. Amen? The next thing that we need to have is we need to develop a love for the broken. We need to develop a love for the broken. Matthew 25, verse 34 through 40 says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, You who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. 
I was naked and you clothed me and I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then it goes on to read this. It says, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did I see you hungry? When did I see you in prison? When did I see you were sick, Lord? When did this happen? I don't remember this. Jesus' response is this. Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. Now this is why I wanna differentiate love for the lost and love for the broken. The love for the lost is a, a message of the gospel issue. Love for the broken, it's just for humanity. It's for people in this building right now who are on fire Christ followers who have brokenness in their life. It's for hurting people, it's for our city. What this love looks like, what Jesus is talking about here is he's saying love is an action. This love for the broken is an action. Does your love for people go beyond words? I mean, so many times as Christians, we are so good. Somebody comes to us with a problem, I'm gonna be praying for you. Or, or somebody comes to us with a hurt, I'm gonna pray for you, I'll, I'll keep you lifted up. That is great. But is there action to it? What if you're the answer to their prayer? What if God's putting them in your life right now so you can actionably love on this broken person? That's why we do things like Reno Love. Why we take breaks and we go and we love our city and we, we branch out and we do this for them. It's so the city can see that Grace Church isn't just about talking. We are about serving our city. Sir, like laying down ourselves, you know, submitting ourselves to the city and picking up trash or, or raking leaves just to show them the love of Jesus. See, the church should not just be a service for us. The church should not just be a service where all we're doing is breathing in, taking in. The church should lead to a service through us. Like you should be, be taking in, taking in, breathing in, but exhaling this service for people loving these broken people wherever they're at. Here's some things we can do to love people where they're at. These people who are struggling, people who are hurting. Number one, we can pray for them. There's power in prayer, amen? There, we, we can pray for them. And I, I'll challenge you with this. If you're gonna, if you're gonna say, say to somebody, I'm praying for you, you better be about it. Like you better, you better pray for them. We don't wanna be hypocrites here. We can pray for them. The second thing we can do is we can serve them. We can serve people. We, we can lay down our pride, lay down our wants and desires just to serve someone to help them out. So yesterday, I had a, I did one of the funnest things in the world yesterday. I moved. <laughs> and I packed boxes. I'm being very sarcastic here. I, I can't stand it. I mean, literally, by the end of the day, I was getting boxes and just like grumming through the shelf and just throwing it all in. I didn't care. I was so over it. And yesterday, we were packing up the U-Haul and I had friends over and my family came to help and we're loading up the U-Haul and I'm exhausted. I'm tired, I'm ready to get out. And then all of a sudden, we finish. We finish the load, we load it up, we're ready to go. And this couple pulls up next to us at the house next door this elderly couple, and they had a whole bunch of flooring, 
like thousands of pounds of flooring, this old couple that they were moving into their garage. Full transparency, I looked over and my first reaction was like, that's a bummer. It's gonna be hard. I'm human. But luckily my dad is a better man than me. And my dad looks over, I'm exhausted. He says, everybody, let's go help them. Let's help them. And we're over there moving this flooring and you could just see their face. Like, why would you do this? You know, because here's how we approach life when it comes to this kind of stuff. This was about my move. This was my day. You're supposed to help me. But even in that, we need to be about other people. Like how, how, how much do we live our life like this? Like this church is about me. It's about my growth, my wants, my desires. When we should be about serving people. We should be sacrificing our desires and our wants at the foot of the cross daily and saying, God, how do I love my neighbor? How do I do it? And the third thing we can do to help people is we can invite them. We can invite them into our life. We can invite them to our table. We can invite them into relationship with us, not just saying good luck with your, your flooring, Good luck with whatever problem you're going through. I'm with you in spirit. No, I'm going to partner with you. I'm gonna live life with you. I'm inviting you into my world and I'm not gonna leave you. We can invite them in and we can invite them to church. The truth is, I will unashamedly say that the church has impacted my life in amazing ways. The, the church has helped me so much. It's given me community and life. I want to invite people in. Someone who's broken, maybe there's a group here that can help them. Maybe there's someone in this room that can connect with them and help them. Let's invite them in. Amen? Amen. Andy Stanley shares a story. Um, he shares a story when he was a kid. He was in the cafeteria, and every day for lunch, there was cookies that they'd get. They'd get one cookie. And the whole lunch line goes through. Everybody gets their food. They all got their cookies. They're all done. He's about to leave. And he looks up, and there's a couple cookies left on the counter. And he walks up to the lunch lady, and he says, can I have one more cookie? She says, no. Because if I give you one, I have to give everybody else one. His response was, no, you don't. You can just love me. You could just be nice to me. What this means is, we should have a mentality when it comes to loving the lost, loving the broken. Do for one that we wish we could do for everybody. I know it feels overwhelming and it feels like this world, there's so much brokenness, so much hurt. Do for one person. Do for one. You might not be the solution for the whole problem, but you might be the solution for that one person. Actually, everybody do this. Everybody hold up one. Hold up your hand real high. Right now, I want you to think about who is your one. Maybe it's that family member. Maybe it's that friend. As you're holding this up, who's that one person this week that you're going to commit to loving them? As you breathe in this love of God, this one person, 
is going to receive love from you this week? Who's your one? You can put your fingers down. Do for one what you wish you could do for everybody. Amen? But here's the truth about this love. Here's the truth about this love. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. Sometimes it's going to hurt you. Sometimes it's going to make you go through trials. Sometimes it's going to ask a lot of you. But this love is beautiful. Because the best description, the picture, the best picture I can give this love for Christians and everybody in this room, the best visual I have for this, for us, it might not look beautiful, it was hard, it's Jesus on the cross. That's this love, this sacrificial love, this man that was broken and beaten and hung on the cross and it looked ugly, it looked painful, it hurt, but it was beautiful, amen? We need to just love people where they're at and remember that this sacrificial love that we breathe in from Jesus, we need to let out into the world. Because if we miss this, if we miss this, that loving people, we're good at everything else, we know how to say all the right things, but we don't love people, we are missing the mark. We're missing opportunities. So my prayer is that this, this week, everybody who held up the one, thought of that one person, is gonna go out there and do that. And just look around this room. Look at how many people's lives would be impacted if all of us did that. I can't wait to hear the stories that are gonna come up over the next couple weeks of people just loving their neighbor. Can I pray for you? Father God, we love you and we praise you. Father, let us be about that one person. Let us ha have a love for the lost, a love for the broken. Just give us that heart. Make us fall more in love with you this week, God, as we breathe in your love. Let us exhale into the world this love, this amazing love that you give us. We are so thankful. We love you, Father, in your holy name. Amen.